Merry Christmas, friends. This is a rather unusual Christmas for me because for the first time in the 32-plus years I've been a pastor, I did not preach on Christmas Eve, nor will I be preaching on Christmas Day, which might be just as well since uh, I've come down with a little bit cold. I am, however, celebrating Christmas with my family in Texas, and we did have the opportunity to attend two wonderful worship services yesterday and uh, in a rejoicing this season. I did want to share this message today. I'm going to call it Everyday Salvation. It's based on Isaiah chapter 9, the first seven verses. Let me start by asking you this question. Could you define what Christmas means in one word? Well, if you read that uh, text from Isaiah, you might choose any number of words. For example, there is the word light. The prophet promised that the Messiah would bring light to those who wander in darkness. Now, you have all the light you need for each day and all the light you need for your journey. There's a light that keeps us moving in the right direction. There is a light that, like headlights on a car, help us navigate the day-to-day. And there's also a light that is like the light of life. By his mere presence, Jesus makes every day brighter than it would have been. Then there is the word increase. Isaiah tells us that the Messiah comes to fill our lives with abundance and ever-increasing supply of all that really matters. Our lives can be filled not only with everlasting joy, but also with unlimited opportunities to do good and to make a difference in the world in which we live. Now, our text, and I'm going to read it again, Isaiah chapter 9, 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat... You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. And here's the familiar part. For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Well, today's Christmas in a word for me is salvation. Jesus came to bring us salvation. When the angel spoke to Joseph about taking Mary as his wife, she was already with child, and Joseph said she will, and the angel said she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, or in Hebrew, Yeshua, or sometimes in modern day languages, Joshua, means the Lord saves. That's why Jesus came into the world. He said this himself in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, oftentimes, we kind of equate the word saved and salvation with getting a ticket to heaven and gaining entrance past the pearly gates. But salvation is so much more than that. 
Yes, Jesus came that we might have eternal life and that we might live forever in his glorious kingdom of heaven. That's God's promise for the sweet by and by, as they say. But Jesus also came to help us deal with the nasty now and now. In his first public sermon, this is what he said, and he took these words straight from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That, by the way, is Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Good news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners, sight for the blind, liberty for those who are oppressed. Now, he's not talking about the by and by. He's talking about the now and now. He's saying, this is what I've come to do. I've come to break the chains of whatever it is that binds you. So, friends, on this Christmas Day, let me ask, what binds you? Is it sin? Is it shame? Is it guilt and regret? Are you imprisoned by the past or oppressed by despair? I mean, Jesus came to set you free. He came to save you not only for all eternity, but for the everyday nitty-gritty reality of the life we live here and now. So this morning, I just want to talk briefly to you about what that salvation means for us. Observe, sharing three observations from this text. Here's the first observation. Life has a way of getting the best of us. This is true for even the best of us. I mean, life has a way of getting the best of every last single one of us. Isaiah talks in this passage about people walking in darkness and living in the land of deep darkness. And this happens to everyone. There will be seasons in your life when it seems as if life has gotten the upper hand and you're just struggling to get by. But here in verse 4, Isaiah talks about the oppressor's rod and the yoke of slavery and the heavy burden that people bear on their shoulders. I think we all know that feeling. Maybe you've felt that weight of the world on your shoulders at times. I mean, some of you listening today may be carrying such a weight. For some, it's gone on so long that you find yourself wondering, is this really as good as it's going to be? Uh, is this really all there is? Well, the answer, of course, is no. This is not as good as it gets. For Christ's followers, the best is yet to come. At the same time, I want you to realize that uh, life does get a little messy sometimes. It gets dark and it gets heavy. And that's why Jesus said in John 16:33, In this world, you will have tribulation. 1 Peter 4:12 says, Do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Yes, friends, the burdens of life are not unique. In fact, they're common to all of us. I mean, life has a way of sometimes getting the best of us, even for the best of us as if there is such a thing as best. But it doesn't have to stay that way. That leads me to observation number two. Jesus has come to carry your burdens on his shoulders. In verse four, when Isaiah talked about the yoke of slavery and the heavy burden, he was talking about what the Messiah would do about them. In verse four, it says, For in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod, of their oppressors. When Isaiah first spoke these words, uh, they were interpreted primarily in the political context. They were, but the good news is that these words have a much, much deeper meaning. He's not just talking about what God wants to do in society in general. He's talking about what, what God wants to do in each person's life individually. 
I mean, what good does it do if you live in a nation of peace with others, but you're at war with yourself? What good does it do if you live in a nation that prospers if your life is in constant turmoil? What good does it do if you live in a life that call, in a land that calls itself free, if you personally are a prisoner to the past, a slave to sin, or buckling under the oppression of depression? Now, of course, we want a strong nation, and we want to live in a society that's prosperous and free, but more than that, we need the one-on-one life-changing salvation experience that Jesus promised for all who call on his name. Now, sometimes life gets the best of us. That's why Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But you know what he said next? Well, the verse goes on and says, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus came not only to die on the cross for your sins so that you could live with him forever in heaven. He also came, came so that in this life you could experience liberty and freedom and overcoming power. Salvation is not just about a ticket to heaven. It's about life in all its fullness now, as Jesus promised, and an eternity of everlasting joy in the presence of God. That's why Isaiah said in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Now, which government shall be on his shoulders? The government of Israel? The government of Judah? The government of America? Now, friends, it's the government of God's kingdom, the government of Jesus, the Messiah. So leads us to observation number three. Jesus wants to establish his everlasting kingdom in your life today. Isaiah goes on in verse 7, says, He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, what does the everlasting kingdom of God look like? It looks like justice. It looks like righteousness. It looks like peace. That's what he wants his people to be about. That's what he wants his church to be about. And guess what? That's what he wants you to be about. Justice and righteousness and peace. Whatever direction your life may take, whatever career path you may choose, and whatever city or whatever state you may choose, you may choose to make your home. He wants your life to be about justice, righteousness, and peace. Simply put, he wants us to be fair, to do right, and to get along. For as the prophet Micah said, this is Micah 6, verse 8, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Many people try to make the Christian life about what you know, or which position you take on this or that doctrine, or whether your vocabulary falls in line with what has become fashionable today. But the Bible makes it clear what the Christian life is really all about. The Bible makes it clear what kind of kingdom Jesus has come to establish on this earth, and he makes it very clear how God has called his people to live. What does he require? Simply this, to be fair, to do right, and to get along. This is what it means to walk humbly with him. The Son of God came not to reign over a political kingdom, but to reign in the hearts of his people. And what happens when Jesus, the Son, begins to reign? Well, his people seek both justice and mercy. They speak for those who have no voice. They give a second chance to those who have fallen down. And when the Son begins to reign, his people build their lives on a foundation of righteousness, doing the right thing, even when the right thing isn't the easiest thing to do. 
When the sun begins to rain, his people work for peace. They don't go about looking for a fight or looking for ways to stir things up. Instead, they seek to bring people together to be called the repairer of the breach. This kind of government may never exist in the political realm, but it can exist in your life. It can exist in your heart. Justice, righteousness, peace. This is the everlasting kingdom that Jesus wants to establish. When he is allowed to reign in your heart, you will experience the fullness of salvation. Not just the ticket to heaven, but salvation in all its fullness now. Every day salvation, so that your life will be your life will reflect the reality of the kingdom of God. You don't have to bear the weight of the world on your shoulders one more day. Neither need you wear the yoke of slavery one more day. Jesus came to take this burden upon his shoulders so that his people, and that's you, can be free. He wants to put your life under new management, literally under his management. That means you can say goodbye to the darkness and gloom and the prison of the past and the tyranny of failure and the oppression of shame. And you can let the sun begin to rain in your life today. Isaiah first spoke these words to God's people after they had allowed themselves to become subjects of the enemy. Isaiah gave them a promise. It will not be this way forever. Today, friends, I would say that there are some of God's people who have also allowed themselves to become subjects of the enemy and who no longer live like God's victorious people. That's why on this Christmas Day, I'm challenging you to embrace the everyday salvation that Jesus the Messiah came to give. Salvation that's about more than by and by. Salvation that makes a difference in the now and now. Maybe you're saved and going to heaven, but you're not living a life of victory here today. It's time then to surrender fully and completely to the Lordship of Jesus the Christ. Let the Son begin to reign in your heart and in your life. He will not only carry you for the burdens of this world, but he will also use you to establish his kingdom, a kingdom of justice, righteousness, and truth. And as Isaiah said, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Have a Merry Christmas, and until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.